Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. Welcome back to the One Voice Podcast. So happy to be with all of you again. What a joy um, just to spend another month with another friend, bringing her on to our podcast today, Melanie Barton. Thanks for being with us, Mel. Yeah, so great to be here. This is actually your second time with us. You were here almost a year ago. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, last May. That's right. Good. Well, I know that you have so much to share with us. You have been a survivor advocate in so many different realms using your voice. And I've actually known you since you were what, like 12? Yeah, like 12, 13 years old. That's amazing. Yes. I think um, I met you at one of my speaking engagements when I was pretty young speaking as well. And um, we've just kind of always kept in touch. And it's been such a joy to be a part of your journey and see not only your healing growth, um, but also just your advocacy, using your voice um, for survivors. I know that you've been such a light in the lives of other people. And I hope everyone will tune in to her podcast that she did with us last May. Um, but today I really wanted to focus on this current part of your journey. You know, you recently were married. You recently had your first child. And I think it's very interesting having walked with you along this healing journey and hearing truly heartbreak over the idea of love and of being in a healthy relationship. What does that look like after trauma? You know, I can remember us having some of those hard conversations, even just emailing back and forth, talking about, you know, something that I think so many survivors really struggle with and to see you kind of in this place where you are now. um, I just really wanted to bring you on to talk about it. So Mel, could you just kind of maybe start there, start, you know, in the past sharing, what was that like for you being a survivor of trauma, a survivor of sexual abuse and, you know, seeing the impact that that can have on our beliefs even about love, about relationship. Um, We'll start there and then kind of come full circle. Yeah. So it's been a long winding road uh, to get to this place. And uh, for me, it started many years ago, um, actually about 20 years ago um, when sexual trauma became part of my world. And um, it planted seeds that long ago that kind of kept me stuck for so many years. There was a lot of fear involved. Um, during my abuse, there were things said that kind of grew. Um, and I carried those things with me uh, for all for many, many years. And um, things like I'm teaching you how to be in a relationship someday, which then, you know, I didn't want to be a part of any of that going forward, Mm -hmm. even when I was in a healthy space. Yeah. Um, Your abuser actually saying those kinds of words. Yeah. Yeah. So common, I think for a lot of us to be, you know, hearing these kinds of lies, but they take root and they make you feel like, Oh, okay. So this is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. Yeah, It really messes us up. So yes, please. Yeah. And even mentally, even though I knew like down the road that that wasn't true, Mm -hmm. um, it had already taken root for so many years and it kind of 
kept me physically in that space, even if mentally I was like, I'm ready, I'm doing well, you know, um, the physical uh, ramifications of that comment years ago um, took root in my body. So my body mm. was afraid to move forward in that. Mm. Um, and then, you know, going through, so I went through many years of a healing journey, um, going through college was like the I guess the biggest crossroads on this journey for me. Um, mm. I had done a lot of healing. I had gone to counseling. I had, you know, kind of started to pursue a career in victim advocacy. And I really started to long for that intimate relationship that I thought was so impossible for so many years and thought I'd never even wanted, you know, for so many years, I didn't even want it um, because of what had root was so deep rooted in my mind and body. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, from there in college, trying to, you know, very similar to when I, when I, my abuse happened, I felt very different from my peers. Um, and so that, that carried on for a long time, just felt different. I had this, you know, big court case looming over me through middle mm -hmm. school and high school, and then just feeling different because I had this big thing happen during those mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And then, going into college, I was ready to pursue, you know, a career in advocacy. I had done all the healing work um, up until that point and, um, you know, was around my peers and I had that feeling again, um, feeling like my, even though my brain had kind of caught up to where I was at with the healing, my body didn't follow. And so feeling so different from my peers um, in relationships, especially, you know, seeing friends be in relationships in college, um, you know, trying to date guys and see guys and even be intimate with guys. And I just, it was so far away from my purview of what I was ready for mm. or ever thought I would be in my four years of college. I felt so stunted in my, mm. my body and my mind that like, you know, even though I felt um, like I had progressed healing wise mentally I felt like my body never caught up to that that I was so still so fearful of letting someone near me in that way literally and figuratively it makes um, me think so of it, a lot of survivors how especially like you know late teen years college years um survivors who it's almost like they they feel all the same things you're saying you're feeling right and just like being different um but then also feeling like you have to be doing what everyone else is doing so it's like you're faking it in these relationships and then a lot of times it then creates more harm more abuse you know it's like now you're in these relationships you're not really in right you're like half the time numbing yourself to try to keep up with the culture or what your friends are doing in relationships or just trying to be what quote unquote normal um, you know, dating around or whatever. And it just continues to like lump on, heap on more pain because you're not being authentically yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it was like, Nicole. You explained it beautifully. It was trying to fake it, trying to go out and pursue relationships at night, um, but not letting them get to know me during the day. It was, you know, in the party oh, wow. scene and, you know, drinking to the numbing, trying to, you know, keep up with my friends drinking so that I can then get the courage to pursue the guy. So then I could then have a story to tell my friends the next day that would fit in with the narrative mm. of what was mm. going on um, and to feel normal. And many times I just couldn't. And so I would like get drunk, but then have so much fear about mm. pursuing that person or relationship to feel normal that I would just have a breakdown with my friends there. Um, mm. 
and then you know they were like what's like what's wrong like what like they couldn't understand the weight of all of that, um, being mm-hmm. a survivor. Um, and so I just was on this pursuit of normalcy and I, I've, you know, and I'm quoting normalcy because what is normal. Right. And right. I hate that word right. usually, but that was at the time what I was in pursuit of just to feel, um, like my peers in a, in a normal way of, of living, like, you know, not mm-hmm. feeling extreme guilt or shame or fear, in pursuing a, a relationship or even mm-hmm. to let someone get to know me, um, in that way in college, um, it was a scary, <laughs> it was a scary, um, kind of situation because I got myself into some situations that weren't safe and mm-hmm. that did cause more trauma and stuff. I don't remember, honestly. Um, and so that just kind of added to the fact that, you know, I already came into this with all this kind of baggage and like stuff that I felt like separated me from my peers, but now I like added more on, but in pursuit of what I wanted. Um, and so it just was very complicated for many years after that. Mm, Wow. Yeah. I think that's probably so relatable to a lot of our survivor listeners and appreciate your just honesty in sharing that because it's not easy to, to talk about that. Um, but, but you think about how, you know, as a trauma survivor, I think a lot of us have really questioned, is this even possible for me? Like what I think is true love, what I think is a healthy relationship, what I think is respect in a relationship and like boundaries and good communication is that actually possible for me because most of us grew up never seeing that truly modeled for us so we've only seen these horrible relationships bad communication you know sneaky boundary like all this stuff like is this just what I'm made for is this all that's available to me um And then I think other people watching a a survivor, hearing about a survivor's life, they would think, you know, we would be running after like love because all we've known is hurt. So we're just going to, we're going to find the the right one. Right. But the problem is that the wound of the original abuse where it was first inflicted was in typically a close trusted relationship. And I think what I'm trying to get at is the trust factor. The trust is like that core piece that is, I think for most of us, the hardest place to heal. Um, so I'm wondering, like, how was that for you? Was that a struggle? And yeah, I think- how did you overcome? I mean, obviously I'm alluding to the fact that you, I know you now, I know your relationship now, I know how you are now, I know it's so authentic in you know something very good now but like how do you go from one place to the next what does that look like for you yeah so it took took years after college to figure that out I didn't know how to bridge the gap Uh, so I knew what I wanted and I knew where I was and I felt kind of light years away from where from getting there Mm -hmm. you know it felt so far away even in college and you know, I started to get this, um, you know, kind of longing feeling of like, I want this, like, I want to stop this cycle of unhealthy pursuit. And I want to 
find that person, you know, maybe not in college, but even right after, um, you know, that person that's going to love me with all of this in the midst of all of this. And I think the, the journey to trust uh, was, is a very individual one, I would say. Um, for me, it was trusting myself first and, okay. um, you know, kind of leaning into like what I could do uh, mm-hmm. to trust myself for the first time, it felt like. Um, because even though none of the abuse or any of my maybe decisions in college were, you know, at some point weren't my fault. Um, mm-hmm. But there were, you know, there was definitely things that I, um, you know, just kept sabotaging or just like, because of fear. Yeah. Makes sense. Because yeah. of fear, because of, you know, even in college, there was a guy that kind of was pursuing me a little bit. Um, He was like mutual friends. And I would only like see him at night, Um, you know, after we had been drinking, you know, our group had been drinking and um, he actually wanted to, you know, hang out during the day and get like a coffee and like hang out in a in a space that was not that that scene and yeah. I could not do it like I literally wow. couldn't do it and so yeah. it was a trusting myself in the midst of like you can do this you can pursue healthy relationships um in the daylight so mm. to speak you know wow. um and let them truly see you not just after dark if that makes sense and that yeah. that is that means so much you know it does. it's um, such that a it's metaphor not just, And yet it's just actually the reality of it. That's really interesting though. Yeah. And so, you know, after college, I started to kind of look inward for that work of like what work can be done there to get to this place of trusting myself with my own relationships. Um, Because Mm -hmm. I don't think I, I don't think I had the, I didn't think I had that for so many years. I was just kind of on this pursuit of, um, what I thought I wanted, but I was going about it the wrong way. Um, and not really the wrong way for what I was facing, but just not the way that was going to bring me to that place. And so um, it started with really honoring where I was at instead of kind of trying to make it look like I was at a certain place, which I really wasn't. Um, okay. So being true and authentic to myself mm-hmm. saying, okay, this is a struggle for you, you know, and it's okay that it is. Uh, but how do we move forward? Meaning myself. Yeah. Um, kind of talking yeah. myself talking through that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after college, I started my career in advocacy. Um, you know, I'd gone through some other things that had come up from previous abuse from earlier in my childhood, kind of coming to terms with some of that. And, um, you know, that, that time around that kind of mini healing journey within my healing journey, um, I really wanted this to be a part of it instead of this being like so far down the road and just like something I wasn't going to, to touch with a 10 foot pole. I wanted this to be part of, okay, you're faced with another kind of fight, like, and to, to heal, there's another opportunity to heal here. This has to be included because, you know, because this was at the forefront, um, where I think so many years earlier, I was so young when I started my healing journey that this was always down the road. And now it was like, this is here and now, like you're, you know, 
22 years old, you know, I really wanted, you know, I wanted kids, I wanted to pursue a healthy relationship for some time. And so, um, and my, my faith was a big part of that, of kind of um, knowing what I wanted in that relationship and mm -hmm. just wanting um, someone who would love me in the midst, not like after I was healed, because as we talk about all the time, the healing journey is not linear. And I knew that I needed someone that would walk alongside me, even if things came back around and even if things, um, you know, weren't uh, perfect. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, even if, you know, things, uh, I needed someone to hold my hand in the tough stuff and I needed someone to help me pursue joy when that's what I needed. And so, um, yeah, so I think it was just kind of looking within to discover like, what did I even want in a relationship and how do, how did I, how do I start trusting myself to seek that person out? Yeah. Yeah. I like how you were talking about how it kind of started with you first, you know, like it's so important that you find the right person, like you said, that can journey with you. And I think we've done a lot actually on this podcast and even in my book, Breathe, talking about the having a supportive person and what that person can bring to a relationship um, and how they can love a abuse survivor. Um, but we don't talk a lot about how we, as the trauma survivor, prepare ourselves for that relationship. And I like how you were really talking about being authentic with yourself, you know, being able to show up in the daylight with somebody else, you know? So I think one way that we really practice opening ourselves up to love is by practicing opening ourselves up to vulnerability, practice opening ourselves up to trust, you know, practice opening ourselves up to intimacy. Um, and yeah, we do have to make sure we're practicing that with a safe person. But I think that what you're saying is it first starts with yourself. You have to start practicing that with yourself because it's like most of us don't even know who we are prior to that. When we're still like in the fog of trauma recovery, um, believing lies about ourselves based out of the abuse that happened to us lies about you know gender lies about um, relationship lies about god lies about you know all these things how in the world are we ever going to show up in relationships right so like it's like you have to show up to yourself first learn who you are practice being that person i can remember being young in my healing journey and like really wanting to know who am I, who am I without the abuse? Who am I at my core? And I remember like, it was almost like a practice in showing up in a relationship in the way that I felt like was me, not the numbing, not the people pleasing, not the overachieving, just me. Like, can I practice saying no? to this group project <laughs> you know something simple like that or can I you know these little practices and it was through I think some of that that did allow me and like you're saying too to be able to learn to show up in a relationship in a safe healthy relationship when it came when the opportunity came yeah 
And I think that's so profound. I mean, I was going to say that too, that I needed to figure out who I was without the abuse with that identity of survivor. And I think that kind of consumed, especially because I was pursuing a career in it. So it was Mm -hmm. like advocate survivor, but like my future relationship, yes, they're going to love and honor that piece because again, I need someone to love me in the midst of all that, but they also want me to come in a different, in a different form of what are you outside of that? Yeah, (laughs) They're going to desire that from me and they're going to, you know, they're not going to want to, especially, you know, men who haven't dealt with this abuse, Mm -hmm. which my husband has not, um, and doesn't come from that world. Like he's not going to want to do that all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. and he wants to, you know, he wants his girlfriend wife as she is outside of that, you know, and he's going to want to see me in that space of like, of knowing that and, and knowing that person outside of that and falling in love with that person outside of that. Um, but also with that, um, you know, it's, it's hand in hand, but, um, I really had to do some digging and I, I did a lot of it along the way. It didn't all come. And then I met him like, you know, as we, you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but you know, as we've kind of gone into our relationship and um, started to learn about each other, I was learning things about myself outside of that in the midst, which was really cool to, to mm. see unfold. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Even recently, I've talked with quite a few survivors who they get really frustrated. Like they've come a long way in their healing, like you and I, um, and are in a committed relationship um but they have a hard time when healing is a lifelong journey things come up and then their partner isn't doing a great job of being their therapist and it's just like I think there's an urge oftentimes for a survivor to want their partner to step out of the partner role and plop them into the therapist chair and that doesn't ever work you know and I think it's really important like what you said like especially a lot of us don't marry or don't find someone that knows exactly our experience and later it's like oh you don't get it (laughs) but in some ways I think it's important for them not to get it I think it's important that we keep them in their role, keep our therapist in their role and um, learn what the balance is of that, allowing a partner to be just that, your loving partner and to be able to nurture, you know, an emotional connection and strengthen that sort of bond and also recognizing they may not have capacity to understand all of it. And that isn't truly their job. I do love it. When you hear about partners who are listening to podcasts or reading books on trauma, they want to understand that to me is a sign of love. That is, that is loving your partner and learning about them. I mean, I've said it, I'm sure a couple of times on this podcast, like if you are in a relationship with someone who's fighting cancer, you better as hell be learning about that cancer right? It's the same thing with abuse or trauma, like, please do learn about it. But also as a survivor to not have that expectation that they're going to say all the right things all the time. I think more than that is their ability to listen and love. And I think that that role is very specific, very important, just as important as the therapist's 
but they cannot be one and the same. Um, so thanks for sharing that a little bit about your specific um, partnership and, you know, those rules that are really important that, you know, he doesn't get it, but he can get it to an extent. And I'm sure he's a great listener and loves you from where he is. Yeah. And I think it's so important, you know, going back to that is like going inward, you know, so not expecting that partner to be the answer, to be the therapist, to be, but going back to that inward journey that we just talked about, you know, um, I found a lot of healing when going inward, not expecting certain things from him, but actually going inward um, at what I needed to face and what I needed to walk through or what I needed to discover about myself. Um, and so that inward journey is how you can kind of combat that temptation to, um, you know, rely on that partner for those heavy things that they may not be able to, they might be able to listen, but they're not going to give you, you know, it actually may be more hurtful if they try to fix it, you know? Yes. Um, and I think yes. early Amen. in my relationship with my husband, I had to kind of lay the groundwork of like, I, he's a, he's a mechanic. So literally wants to <sighs> fix things. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. and, so, and so, you know, um, I really had to, and especially him not coming from even really hearing about this stuff um, mm -hmm. on a larger scale, uh, I had to come at it from, you know, I don't want you to fix this. Like, I'm going to yeah. tell you some things, but I don't want you to fix it. Um, yeah. Because I had a feeling that because I started to get to know him and I'm like, he's going to want to fix this, you know, mm -hmm. um, because he loves me. Right. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I told, I did tell him, like, I just want you to listen. Like, I literally mm -hmm. don't want you to say much. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so, and he's a man of few words anyway, sometimes, but um mm -hmm. But that's what I love about him is that he just like stands in solidarity with me um, mm -hmm. and has through some pretty, you know, pretty intense parts of this journey, you know, um, because when we met, I don't if we can go in this direction, we had met like four years earlier, but when we were actually starting to pursue our relationship, I was actually in the midst of, and I'm going to mention a pre our previous podcast a year ago um, mm -hmm. I talked more about this journey so I'm not going to get into it a ton um, but we talked about my pelvic pain journey um, kind of physical ramifications from my abuse that manifested yeah. physically mm -hmm. um, which you know if I did not face those that would have um, probably impacted my ability to have kids my ability to even be in relationship um, a lot of things were weighing on that um, mm -hmm. And so when we started to pursue our relationship, it was 2019 and we were, I was in the midst of this treatment for all of this. And, um, you know, I had such a heavy weight on me, like, he's not going to want to do this. Like, I didn't think anyone wanted to do that it before all of this stuff started coming up. And mm -hmm. I realized that there was a physical, like something wrong. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the ways that he <laughs> like you were up, like, even the emotional part, like the mental, all of that, like, no one's going to want to come alongside me as a trauma survivor with those kinds of like, baggage, right? But then now you're dealing with the physical stuff and going to appointments to get help for that. And you're thinking, oh, definitely no one's going to want to come alongside this. Yeah. Yeah. It felt mm. like the ultimate thing that would sabotage whatever I was pursuing. And um, he wow. actually, you know, he just listened a lot. And I think mm. everything in him wanted to fix. Um, and so I was, you know, going through treatment like twice a week, like it was not wow. pretty. I was like getting sick and like just really in the trenches of, of um, kind of this trauma playing out in my body, you know, 15 years later. Yeah. And wow. um, I had started dating him like a couple months, like months after I started the treatment and um, was like terrified to let him in about 
the details, mm-hmm. but knew I kind of had to, cause I kind of had to explain like what was happening to me every week. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so he just, you know, we sat and I'll never forget it. We like sat in his truck and he was dropping me off and, um, I just knew I had, it was like the night I just had to tell him and I told him and he just listened a lot. He had like tears in mm-hmm. his eyes. He listened he didn't. And I had told him a little bit of my story previously. And that's where I had said, I just need you to listen. And so like, he kind of took my advice with me telling him this next thing was like, oh, I should just listen here, you know, and that mm-hmm. spoke volumes to me, even though he didn't say a word. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and then he just, you know, showed up in the midst. And yes, there were times where he tried to, you know, fix it because he naturally wanted to or, or wanted yeah. to or didn't know where certain emotions were coming from from me or, you know, any mm-hmm. of that. Um, but he always went back to listening, you know, so even yeah. if he was trying to fix it, or, or say something, he always went back to listening. And so, you know, it's really the the vulnerability that it took me to kind of drop the courage to tell him kind of how it was and then in addition to that the vulnerability it took to actually let him into that so telling him was a whole journey in itself Mm -hmm. then letting him physically into it Mm -hmm. having him be a part of the treatments coming into the treatments with me so he could understand and this is part of that kind of like book reading or any of that he got to understand I asked my physical my pelvic floor physical therapist to tell him what was going on in my body at an appointment. And so his mechanic brain could, you know, that was a perfect way to get him to understand Mm -hmm. what was going on and what it was going to take for me to, to move through this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he did a lot of listening and a lot of handholding and Mm -hmm. a lot of like, you're doing great, you know, even when you don't feel great. And um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that, you know, what it takes, it's, um, it's grit and grace, what it takes mm-hmm. to let someone into the journey, um, yeah. alongside you. Um, and it's, you know, setting those precedents up front. Like, I just need you to listen and I don't need you to try to fix it. Um, and those mm-hmm. were the two best things I ever told him because he carried that throughout the journey with me. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And I just think it, you know, I hope you feel really proud of yourself for, the way that you were able to communicate, the way you were able to be vulnerable, the way you were able to ask for what you needed. That's so brave, um, you know, as an abuse survivor to be able to do all of those things. And also, I'm just so grateful that you were met with a safe man who could do all of who could step in and, and provide what you were asking for. I wonder if there's been times, you know, I think, again, healing's lifelong and things come up they change you know the way that you want the things you want change from time to time as far as support goes you know that this is this was a really big season of needing your partner to show up and learn and handhold have there been times um where you didn't want that where you were able to communicate because you did say there's times where you need to go inward And so that's why I'm asking this, because I think a lot of us have those times, too, where it's like, excuse me, sir, can you please not be a part of this right now? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I need I need this to be just about me right now. And I actually don't want to talk about it. I just need you to trust that I'm doing this work. I'm figuring this out the best I know how, you know, 
I maybe need to get away for a couple of days or, you know, I need, I need this, I need that. And it has nothing to do. And I think sometimes we're with a partner who that can be like offensive, hurtful, that whatever. And it's like, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about me. I'm wondering, have you had those situations? I think that is also very, very common. Um, a part of the healing journey when it comes to being in a relationship and knowing what love looks like. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, that kind of brings us to where kind of I am now, you know, in okay. motherhood. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's a great. great segue into that. I mean, so, you know, there was a lot of handholding and like in the trenches and um, encouragement I needed from him, you know, going through that and even going through, you know, our daughter's birth. Um mm a lot of that because it was like, I didn't know how things were going to go because of my history with physical pelvic issues, you know, through childbirth and things like that. Mm -hmm. So he was just, you know, just faithfully by my side uh, through that and was a rock star, you know, through that whole process. And, um, but then, you know, as I was, you know, became a new mom eight months ago, you know, in, in June and, um, you know, we were kind of going through the trenches of new, newbornhood and, um, Mm -hmm. figuring things out first time parents and, um, kind of leading up to recently, you know, she's older and, you know, starting to be more independent. And, um, but on that journey, I needed to figure things out. Um, Mm -hmm. I needed to learn how to be a mom individually within myself self and feel confident within myself um, to make decisions regarding our daughter and mm-hmm. try to figure things out um, in my own way, uh, which sometimes, you know, was a struggle um, to try to, to try to voice that because we are a team and he's an incredible dad. Um, but sometimes, you know, there's always that, you know, we talk about like the mom guilds and, you know, trying to figure out like, okay, I have these this layout of things I could do right now and which one do I pick and is that the right one and so it sometimes was overwhelming to try to figure out like within myself Mm -hmm. without anybody else's input um what to do how to do it when to do it and so um we've had some conversations where I've had to be like I just need to figure this out and then I'll report back to, you know, kind of come back around. I'll always come yeah. back around, but I just need the, I need a minute to be yeah. just mom within myself as if nobody else was in the room having opinions or comments about what I need to do in this moment for our girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, Please keep your opinions to yourselves. <laughs> yeah. And like, and in love though, like it's just because yeah. I needed to inwardly feel confident as her mom, um, I'm, I also stay at home with her. So I needed to feel confident when he wasn't there, you know, when he went back to work. Um, and, you know, there were different things that came up, you know, that, you know, all just figuring out all the things like what she likes, what she doesn't like, she doesn't like the car seat. Okay, let's like, try three different car seats. And, you know, it's all of those things that we had to kind of, um, you know, but as a survivor, and as a new mom, I needed just to have that I needed a minute to just kind of regroup within myself, that inward journey that we talked about, um, mm-hmm. to then go forth and feel confident in my own, you know, decisions, mm-hmm. kind of that trust that we talked about earlier, trusting myself. And then, you know, maybe after I had some time to, okay, I'm going to go this route. If that doesn't work, then bring me some more input, you know, from what you think, you know, we should do or could do um, Mm -hmm. to get her what she needs or help her or 
whatever it is. And like, even last night, I have a great example of this, you know, my daughter's teething right now. And um, it's been a little rough the past couple weeks. And um, she just was not going down. She's a great sleeper. But, um, you know, I just like needed a minute. Um, She was crying. And so I tried my few things. And he just knows like, I need to try my few things. And then I was kind of out of options. And then he came in with, let me bring her in the shower. You know, she loves baths and showers, loves them. And so and like, because in the moment I just didn't think of that because I was like we're trying to go to bed like we're not trying to do anything else and so he from the outside looking in could see like maybe we could try you know this other thing that we I know she likes but I couldn't see in the moment and so like but he waited till I did my process and then he brought that to the table um Mm -hmm. and so I think he's learned it's and it has not always been that smooth I'll say that you know there's been times where like I'm still trying to do all my things and I'm getting frustrated because, you know, I, I want my way to work or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Just probably because I don't want to feel like I'm failing or that, you know, my, you know, goes back to rooted to my abuse. Like my body betrayed me and, or, or it felt like it betrayed me time and time again. So I wanted to feel like, you know, I was doing, you know, what I needed to do and it was going to work, <laughs> but that's yeah. not the case in motherhood all the time. And so, mm-hmm. You know, it's been a beautiful journey of letting him uh, in. And that's a big, that's a couple words, but that's a big um, step for me on my journey. Uh, letting him, letting him love yeah. me, letting him in mm-hmm. the into the mix, letting him make the decisions, even just solely him making a decision last night about her, um, you know, <laughs> and always, you know, giving me that space for my process, but then also, um you know, trying to bring me back to, he's really good at, at grounding me back to like, okay, like this is overwhelming, but you can come back to kind of this middle ground of like this sweet spot Mm -hmm. of, you know, you've got this regardless of what the outcome is, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, walking through that with him has been an interesting journey going from needing the handholding, needing him to do, and then me needing to do my own inward process. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that speaks a lot to, you know, him as a, as a good, safe, loving partner, but also speaks a lot to you. Like you said, the letting go. I mean, that's, that is a a synonym to you being able to trust you giving up a little bit control. Like, you know, a trauma survivor's past really wreaks havoc on relationships. And it's, I think it twists logic it clouds perceptions it it shatters trust and the ability to feel like you you can ever trust again and you have to be in control all the time so you know all of what you're sharing I think is a testament to the healing journey of being able to rewire some of that stuff right and that's just such a a beautiful beautiful journey I think to to hear you talk about that um, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but would you share a little bit of what it's been like to learn to love, you know, like your little baby? Mm-hmm. Has that been, you know, and I think we could probably even do another podcast on something like this and go into it more, but, you know, just like, give us a brief synopsis of how has that been opening your heart up and it's scary, right? Um to be like in charge of somebody right yeah right 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I'm still figuring that out. I mean, I'm only eight months into this, uh, this journey. <laughs> um, but I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about well, myself. And that's why I want to ask you because yeah. I mean, you know, I've got a teenager now. And so it, I think though, when it's fresh for the first time, that's what I want you to talk to you for the, for a survivor who's just out of the gates of like motherhood or parenthood, like what is that like? Cause it's like, bam, okay. I have to be this whole other role. Yeah. Add that yeah. to the plate, add that into my healing journey. What does that feel like? What does that look like? What's the struggle, the high, the low, just give us whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I think it's been, uh, I think the biggest thing has been confidence, like just being confident that I'm all she needs, like no matter mm -hmm. what I do, it's enough. Like, you know, when wow. we put such pressure on ourselves um, with all the noise coming from everywhere on feeding and sleeping and A, B, C, D, E, F and things, mm -hmm. how they used to be and how they are now. And um, I think, you know, quieting that noise and just saying to myself, I am all she's looking at right now. Like all mm -hmm. she wants is me as I am. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. I think that was super powerful once I started to actually repeat that to myself in a stressful moment or like a moment where I'm like, I don't have an answer. And like, yeah, then I would just like, instead of trying to, again, trying to like find the next remedy for whatever was going on, I, I literally would just stop and I would just say, she just wants to like, so I would just like pick her up and look at her and like play like play with her make faces yes. at her like all she wants is to interact with me she doesn't want me to try to f I mean yes other things help like if you know she's hungry I should get her a bottle or feed her something you yeah. know or you yeah. know like those outward things are a tool but in mm. the end if none of those things are working it's okay to just like look at her and love her and play with her and just be with her and all she's looking at is me um and that was powerful um not only as a mom but as a survivor to say like you can do this you are doing this and mm -hmm. everything that you've done to this point has been more than enough you know your healing journey and your you know what you've walked through it's more than enough for her Mm -hmm. and it was just so profound it's easier said than done sometimes because the pressure is still there um but one of my biggest kind of mantras in my motherhood that I you know like to take inward but also pass on is take the pressure off and mm -hmm. um I every time something is I feel the pressure building I just say to myself take the pressure off and just mm -hmm. like release that balloon <laughs> you know wow. um yeah and so it's super powerful um just to kind of constantly try to release that pressure um and just it gives me a clearer head <laughs> yeah um, it helps me make better decisions um and it's not always easy to do in the moment um but I really yeah. try to be intentional about taking the pressure off and knowing that I'm enough um because I think through my whole healing journey those were things that were lack you know through my you know especially the early aftermath like I always had pressure on myself to do more be more Mm -hmm. fill in the blank for you and then right. always you know um I never felt enough like never thought I was going to get here so mm -hmm. I think those two things just reiterate to my childhood self that like you've always been enough and you always have deserved to take the pressure off 
Yes. Yes, Melanie. Oh my gosh. That is just amazing. That is breathtaking. And it's true. You know, you, I think you can just always come back to that when the world is closing in on you and everything feels like it's going to hell. Like I am enough. I am all she needs. And you're talking back to yourself. Wow. That is such a great lesson in only just a few months of motherhood that it's like, you know, you're mothering yourself in the midst of mothering this brand new beautiful girl. That's what a really cool part of your healing journey right now. Thanks for sharing that. And Melanie, I don't know if you'd be willing, but I know that you have um, been a part of our Unleash group um the the survivor cohorts that I've been running now for what three years now um it's been such a really cool place and it's been such an honor to have you um alongside of us for a couple of the rounds and a little of what you're talking about right now is you know like the reparenting and the the talking back to your inner child and the healing that comes from that even just the showing up as yourself, your authentic self, like that's such a important part of our survivor cohorts too. It just reminds me a lot of how meaningful these groups have been. I wonder if you could share just a little bit of what your experience has been um, with Unleash and what you might share with survivors who are listening, who are like maybe looking for a community, a healing supportive community of other survivors. Yeah, I would love to. I could talk about Unleash all day. It has been such a gift that keeps on giving in the best way. Mm. Um, you often hear that in like a negative connotation, but this is so <laughs> positive. Um, it has been um, life-giving. It has breathed life back into me that I didn't even know I needed um, at mm. different seasons of my life. Um, I know I did a round when I was pregnant with my daughter. I, I'm doing a round currently. I did a round way before all of that. And it's just been so cool to see the different things that come up on my healing journey, because we talk about healing is not linear. And sometimes that can feel daunting for a survivor that like, and like that it's, you know, it's not linear. I'm not going to know what to expect. And also it's a lifelong journey. Like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, but Unleash for me has been like, even in, in that um, it's, and I know I'm not alone in this, like you can get excited for healing as to what could come up mm. for you. And um, it has just been, you know, the, it's, I always describe it when I tell people about it, it's like next level healing, no matter mm. where you're at though, it just mm. feels like another level of healing that I haven't found anywhere else um, and a community that I haven't found anywhere else. And I've been a part of a lot of different kind of groups and advocacy yeah. things and, mm -hmm. It's kind of unprecedented um, for, you know, the type of questions that are in the, the workbook and just the, the stories that you hear in the videos. Um, I think just all of it together is this beautiful package of just invaluable information to look to for that inward journey. I think it is a vessel for that inward journey. Um, and it is, it changes my life every time. And it's like, you know, you've done it a couple of times. Isn't it the same every time it has never been the same. Right. And I no. think that's like, and you know, I know you've used like 
there's been like unicorns and you know in the shirt that you had made and I think that is that just explains it that it's just so unique and mm -hmm. that it's you know just so beautiful unique colorful um it puts color in places that um maybe were shrouded in darkness before mm -hmm. um it just you know brings me back to childhood I know like one of the prompts was to do something your childhood self would love so I did cartwheels on the beach and you know <laughs> yeah, how healing I are those things that. that we always talk talk yeah. about and you know that I wrote down like you know dreams come true when you do the healing work so kind of having that childhood take on like your dreams come true um yeah. but I think you know unleash is that next level healing work um and it can help facilitate those dreams you know like I think really unleash is one of the biggest um because I was in unleash when I was in my pelvic treatment and mm -hmm. you know stepping into my relationship with my now husband and going through that dating I think I was in unleash for all of those things yeah. and just to like have that space um to unpack some of those things in real time um and even just to reflect on things I know like even this this most recent round like reflecting on things um that I you know I'm, I'm pretty far along on my healing journey but things mm -hmm. that just like I've never said before to a group yeah. you know um and so it just like unlocks things that um you just don't expect but in such a healing way mm -hmm. um and in such a safe space um so I think it's sacred territory to be honest mm -hmm. wow well what a beautiful review thanks for sharing that it's just such an honor to have every survivor in there to see the growth, um, but it's also just been meaningful to have you a part of that and just to speak life into other survivors too. I'm just so grateful for that. Um, and just hearing you say like, you know, that dreams can come true. I just think that watching you since you were just a young girl going through the ups and downs of the healing journey, like you said, it's not linear, but to truly see your dreams come true in a lot of different areas of your life has really given me a lot of inspiration and hope. And, um, you know, I think, you know, working with trauma for most of my life, sometimes it can get, you know, kind of like hard and, you know, there's a lot of hurt in the world and gosh, like we're definitely doing a lot of good things, but there's still abuse happening and there's still, survivors who who are really struggling from day to day and it can be hard and you know seeing your story and hearing you just be so bold with with your voice and the way that you love other survivors through their darkness it's really been um a lot of hope and light in my life and um very inspiring you're very inspiring so thanks melanie just for joining us again for being so loyal to one voice and um we're just really grateful for your life and for your friendship so until next time because i just feel like there's always more so there's always more <laughs> yes. honored to be here nicole and appreciate you and you've been an inspiration for me from 12 to 32 and beyond oh that's great awesome well thank you and we'll talk to you next time sounds great Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked, even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.